Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is on the third side of John, wholeness. The first side of John is transformation. Just as water is turned into wine, we are transformed when we become followers of Jesus regardless of how unrighteous or self-righteous we were. The second sign of John is faith and obedience. They are not mutually exclusive. In Luke 5, when the people lowered their disabled friend through the roof, it says, when Jesus saw their faith. Obedience makes our faith visible. And faith is essential. Without it, it is impossible to please God. In these podcasts, I'm touching on subjects without spending a huge amount of time on them. It's not because I can't think of enough information to make the podcast longer, but because there are two things I value about you. First, I value your time and are grateful that you've given me a few minutes in your busy week. Secondly, I value your wisdom and insight. I don't believe my job is to teach you a whole bunch of stuff, but to start a conversation with the belief that you have the revelation and insight through the Holy Spirit to add much more to this than I could dream of. So if I sound a little preachy at times or full of myself, I sincerely apologize. I am hopeful by introducing a topic for reflection. It will add to your devotions and refresh you on the journey. Anyway, the third sign of John is the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda. This is how John 5 verses 1 to 15 reads in the New Living Translation. Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches, crowds of sick people, Blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that, they demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or even something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. The man states that the angel stirs the waters and the first one in gets healed, kind of like a healing lottery. It's really easy for us to take that at face value and believe it's true. But simply because that is what the man believed was the case doesn't make it true. The pool of Bethesda was not a spot that angels visited on random occasions, but a pool operated by the Romans that was alleged to have healing powers. 
When the water was run off from the bigger pool, the area dedicated to Serapis, the Greek Egyptian god of healing and fertility, it was very possible the Romans used that as an example of an angel steering, steering the waters and so that they charged an admission for people to be at the pool. It was, in fact, a form of revenue gathering and worshipping a false god. Does it really sound like something God would do? Set up sick people to race each other to get well with only one winner? God's not partial, and this seems so unlike him. We know that God is not partial. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality. And cannot be bribed. In fact, God hates partiality so much he makes it clear that if we prefer people because they are well off or more attractive, we're sinning. This is what James says in chapter 2 verse 9, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Interestingly, Jesus doesn't call down an angel to stir the water and help the man into the pool. He simply asked the question, do you want to get well? Wholeness is not found in angel-stirred waters. Wholeness isn't found in potions or other gods. It is found simply in Jesus. I'm guessing in the 38 years the man was lame. He had explored as many different options as he could. Eventually, healing found him. There's no record that Jesus healed everyone at the pool. And interestingly, Jesus later said to the man, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Worse? What could be worse than being lame, reduced to waiting for an angel and begging for another 38 years? Jesus wants us to be healed, but not at the expense of wholeness. Do we trust Jesus with our well-being? Do we trust him to make us whole? Because not everyone wants to be well. Sometimes people are happier as they are. Sometimes our focus can be too much on physical healing and not on other areas of wholeness. Some teach that Jesus healed everyone every time, and yet in this situation, it doesn't seem to be the case. If he had healed everyone, it probably would have been difficult for him to disappear into the crowd. Some teach that there is never an occasion in the Bible where someone isn't healed, although I'm not so sure about that either. When I read 2 Timothy 4.20, it says, Eritus stayed at Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. I'm guessing before Paul left someone sick, he would have prayed for them. This wasn't some random person that Paul met, but was someone that had travelled with him. And you see this when you read Acts 20, verses 4 and 21, 29. And I'm sure the Apostle Paul would have sought his healing diligently. Certainly having the Apostle heal, the Apostle Paul pray for your healing would be one of the safer bets, you would think. Do I believe in healing? Absolutely. 
When my father-in-law had prostate cancer, my wife and I went to the hospital, anointed him with oil, laid hands on him and prayed for him for healing. He was operated on the next day and found to be free of cancer. I know that God is a God that heals. The same thing happened recently. My wife was taken away in an ambulance in the early hours. I watched the ambulance leave knowing that I couldn't go to the hospital due to COVID, despite the seriousness of the issue. I rang my daughter and at 3am we prayed. My wife was miraculously healed and discharged later that day. God heals. Not only do I know that God can and does heal, I know he heals and restores. As a practitioner in family therapy, I also know there is much more to wholeness than just physical healing. I love the fact that God describes himself to us as his shepherd, someone who is responsible for our well-being and our wholeness. And when you read through Psalm 23, he goes through and makes it clear that he's responsible for our well-being. He looks after our food and our water. He protects us when we need it. He gives us safe travels when we need it. He provides for us rest. And I love the fact that he provides that comfort and rest. One of the beautiful pictures I have in my mind is the shepherd rubbing his staff across the backs of the sheep to comfort them. Because when predators were out and the sheep were unsettled, the shepherd would gather around the sheep and run his staff across their back so that they would know the comfort of a shepherd watching over them. And his goodness and unfailing love follows us, it says in verse 6. And the modern translations, it uses the word pursue. And the reason for that is that the Hebrew runoff means to chase with hostile intent. It's the word that we use when a tracker chases an enemy soldier with the intent of hunting them down. David wants to make it clear that God wants to hunt us down with goodness and unfailing love. That he wants us to know that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His goodness and unfailing love will pursue you all the days of your life. Today, Jesus is still asking, do you want to be made well? If your answer is yes, give your whole life to Jesus, because if you continue to sin, you'll face something worse than being lame. You will miss out on being wholeness and knowing the pleasure of his goodness and unfailing love. I trust that you too will know his goodness and unfailing love, pursuing you into wholeness your whole life. Thank you. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.